This week on Yes Girl, guest Kendrick Sampson, who we know and love from Insecure. But on June 19th, he's going to be starring in the film Miss Juneteenth. May is also Mental Health Awareness Month, and we talked with Kendrick about being a dedicated advocate for mental health awareness in the Black community. The world is heavy on hate right now, and the scales are tipping. We need more love. A lot has happened and continues to happen to our community. Like so many of you, we're still unpacking our feelings. Right now, there's more in our hearts than we could ever share. Instead, we're going to say their names. George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and each victim whose story didn't make the national news. We offer a moment of silence in their memory. So Charlie Pan, <laughs> what up? How y'all feeling? Welcome. Feeling good. good. How are you? You know, I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm all right. I'm all right. How long? So Charlie and I were saying, like, you coming back on Insecure was like that time we thought Lawrence was gone and you and then come back was a big surprise. So how long have you held this secret? Uh, since the end of well since last year well actually <laughs> i mean i i i i was booked as a i was booked on the show for the following season um in at the end of the last season so yeah. it's been a year and a half something like that year and a half however long that is um, and I couldn't say that I was booked for the next season. And then when we were filming it, I couldn't say, so I, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute So when everybody says, am I coming back? But at the same time, to be completely honest, until I'm there, I don't know if I'm coming back, you know, just because I'm booked for the next season, we don't know what they writing and all that kind of stuff. So, but don't that's about it. But we, it was a pleasant surprise. We loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a ple- pleasant, pleasant experience for me as well. What was that day like filming the block party? I mean, it seemed like it was a lot of fun, but then was it one of these things where it's like it took five days to film? It took a while to film, just with all those different people and, um, you know, it, it was it was actually really fun though. Uh, but it, I'm sure it was stressful for everybody involved putting that whole thing together. It was like the Coachella episode, like just a lot. so many background performers and um, just so many funny circumstances and stories. And uh, and yeah, um, we were all. It's kind of one of the cool uh, episodes that we look forward to where everybody's in the same place at the same time, all the cast. Uh, Cause usually we're split up um, and just like gut busting laughing the whole time. And, and um, you know, taking pictures with, I got my Randy's donuts picture and, you know, classic. <laughs> all I could think when I saw the people gather for the Vince, well, you know, but everyone kind of really filled in for the Vince Staples scene. And I was like, we'll never have that again. Will we? We might. Oh yeah, we will. I, my, we will. My my thing is, <laughs> I'm always triggered in watching anything 
as if those things are happening in real time. So now when I'm watching like shows and stuff and movies, I'm like, wait, why are they so close together? Y'all got to spread apart. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, social distancing, guys. I'm watching the TV. I thought it was just me. Yeah. And you know, people, a lot of people don't know how far in advance we film things and such. So they're probably like, I know y'all should be social distancing. When did y'all film this? Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. That does bring back memories. Um, you know, it'll happen again. I'm not big. I'm not cool. I'm not going to say I'm not cool with it, but I usually try to avoid big cl- crowds. And um, and so I wasn't like nostalgic about the big crowds, but I was nostalgic about being with my people and being able to laugh and, and joke and stuff. I've um, listened, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Issa, Issa Rae and Amanda Seals, and they were mentioning that they do have to make a conscious effort to bring everybody together to take that big picture because of the fact that so many scenes are filmed individually. Um, but yeah, but they also mentioned there's some more spoilers coming along this this season. More? There's more. Look at Kendrick. You're not going to break, are you? <laughs> you have all the behind the scenes footage in your phone. Is that what you're telling us? Issa got the the behind the scenes footage. I got some. I got a little bit. I got a little bit. Well, I do have an insecure question. I feel like you could answer because uh-huh. I know you don't want to give anything away. Are you on Team Molly or Team Issa? Wait, and we want you to answer in two ways. Two ways. How would how does Nathan feel? Okay. And then how does Kendrick feel? And why? Nathan feels like. Uh, for for sure, Issa, right? Um, I mean, I th- I don't think there's any question about that. Nathan definitely thinks is Team Issa. Uh, Kendrick is leaning Team Issa. I would understand though, like if I got a buddy who I think is not really it doesn't have a great track record of like following through on stuff and I'm trying to like set my boundaries and because a lot of people were going after uh Molly yesterday and I was sitting there like well I could kind of I could see it though like as as much as I'm like yo chill um and I'm like automatically team Issa at the same time I'm like wait a minute I can kind of see this like if I'm if I'm like please don't cross that boundary, um, even though she didn't say that. Uh, she just right. said, don't go through. She said, I'm not going to ask. But I won't help, right. But yeah. I could see why she got mad. Now, how she reacted was foolish. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't condone that, especially at my event. Yeah, we would have scrapped. We probably would have scrapped. <laughs> That's why I, came, I, I know it was building up. The tension was building up between them, but I was not expecting. Like, I just figured they would have been too, too grown to actually, oh. you know, come to blows. But no. Now, nah, Corey, you know. You know. <laughs> all it takes is one thing for us. All it takes is one thing. Like, if That's you right. real close to, to th- that person, like, you know, even with family and like all they got to do is that one thing that sets you off because especially when y'all aren't addressing y'all's problems because you behind the scenes it could be something small like she just took my beer she didn't even realize that was my beer 
you know, it's because she's selfish. You know, she probably did that shit on purpose, you know, and then all of a sudden you, your mind spirals out when you don't address those things up front. So I know you're an insecure now and you won't tell us if you're going to continue in these episodes, but we'll have to wait and see. So fine. But you also have another movie or uh, another project coming up called Miss Juneteenth. Yes. Yes. So I think we all know what Juneteenth is, but tell us about this show, this movie. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't know what June what, what Juneteenth is. I mean, Corey, you from Texas. So of course you know what Juneteenth I is. I sure do. You know, sure um, do. Charlie, where are you from? Jersey. Jersey. Okay. Yeah, but she's got Juneteenth. southern roots. She got southern Virginia. Say, did Virginia. you know what Juneteenth was growing up? Not growing up, but obviously since working at Essence. So I can see what you're saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, a lot of folks don't know, like people in California definitely don't, I mean, I'm not, not going to say everybody, but I know a lot of people in California who don't celebrate Juneteenth didn't know what it was. Um, short version is the last uh, slaves that found out they were free in Galveston, Texas, about 30 minutes outside of where I grew up. Um, and two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, and we celebrate that, especially in Texas. But uh, it's like the July 4th uh, for for Black folks. It's like, we wasn't independent on Independence Day on (laughs) July 4th. Say that, say that. You know, so Uh I grew up, my dad and and was very adamant about this. He, you know, he was like, July 4th is bullshit, you know. Um, And so we got Juneteenth and the food was better you know like you know it's I, I have such memories of having big red soda wow oh, come on blue bell ice cream come on blue bell trinity park in downtown fort worth and yeah. um barbecue you know it was a party barbecue. it was a party and it was one of those things where you let your kids roam free yeah that day yeah. you know what i mean so yeah i've never been to a juneteenth party though that is dope Okay. You know, we had a great time filming. Nicole Bahari is amazing. Uh, and the film is about her character, um, Turquoise, and her journey on kind of becoming uh, independent of her past, um, like divorcing from her past and, uh, and investing in her daughter. And what she she's always investing in her in the way that she thinks she should, but she realizes that that it's imperfect um, and that maybe she should switch gears. And it's kind of the thing I love about it is oh, and I play Ronnie. I always forget my my story. I play Ronnie, her her husband, um, who uh, is a challenged individual, as many young black men are. Um, and they have they go on this journey together, but um, you know it covers the pageant world, which is huge in Texas. It's a whole culture in itself. It's very intense in Texas. Um, and there's a Miss Juneteenth pageant, and she was Miss Juneteenth, and that follows you throughout life. You know, I'm sure Beyonce got some stories. She, you know, she was a pageant girl too. Like it's a I dated Miss Teen Texas, so this was a little. When I was in high school, when I was a teenager, uh, <laughs> and you know, this was triggering. I was like, "Ooh," because it's a world. It's it's a very intense world. 
and it gives a little bit of history and and it shows us in all our flaws and all our imperfections um, and and beauty. And uh, I think that's what's beautiful about us. And so many times, most of the time, in order to get our stories told, they have to be the first this, the most perfect this, you know, to be worthy of being told or criminalized, demonized, evil, this and that, going to jail and all that, um, or oppressed. And, and so this is just, this shows us in our element, um, and just being country and, um, celebrating and also going through hardships and, um, pushing through. And the film, um, is directed by a black woman, Channing people. Everybody black. Everybody's black. Everybody's black. And produced by her husband, Neil. Uh huh. Channing Godfrey Peoples and her husband. Yep, yep. And you guys were at Sundance? We went to Sundance. It was my second Sundance, but my first Sundance with my own film. The first one I went to with Patrice Cullors as an ambassador for Bedlam, um, which actually just premiered about mental health, um, about the mental health crisis. And uh, I haven't seen the new version, I'm not going to lie, but uh, apparently I might be featured somewhere in there um, because we had a big win uh, called with Measure, Measure R here in L.A. And I think they added that in, which was great. But it follows her on her journey and several other people on their journey with mental health. I love how vocal you've been, you know, about oppression speaking to our community with everything happening with uh, Ahmaud Ari, you know, we got to do more than just run. Woo. What I've would been, you like to see us do as a people? You know, to be honest, now, you know, you getting me started. Uh, but <laughs> what I would like to see us do as a people is organize and stop buying into speaking of movies and narratives that we, that, um, have been kind of forced on us is that we're so forgiving of our oppressors and that we, you know, and we're polite and we, I want us to stop thinking in terms in the parameters of um, these systems that were literally built to harm us. These systems were actually built. Like if, if there was, you know, criminal legal system, the American legal system is supposed to be about accountability, right? Um, Holding folks accountable. If that were true, then, you know, once they realized slavery was wrong and people kept continuing it, Emancipation Proclamation, Juneteenth, right? Two years after people are still slaves. Why wasn't anybody held accountable for that, right? That's why, that's one reason we know it's not about accountability. Slavery was continued. um, Nobody was held accountable for genocide. Nobody. So, you know, these systems were literally built to protect the oppressors. They were literally built to keep their land that they stole and committed acts of genocide on indigenous folks um, to keep uh, black folks uh, from rising up against them uh, to make them pay for all the the years of torture. Um, It was it was made to protect the oppressor. So. the systems are working how they were intended to work. You've got cops killing, you know, Sean Reed. Breonna Taylor was last month where they uh, burst into a house on a drug raid, but it was the wrong house 
And they ended up shooting 22 times, killing her. Bullets hit her eight times, killed her. And they had a wrong house. Here's the, the kicker. The, the dude that they were supposed to be coming after was already in custody. They'd already picked him up earlier that day. You see what I'm saying? And, and then you have, you know, ex-cop that came after Ahmaud Arbery. So my thing is, we try to seek justice through these systems that were literally built to harm us. And we try to work, we're always thinking of solutions in terms of those systems. Like, how do we get justice through this system? What are the legal ways that we can get justice through the system? But what our, what our ancestors always did was say, if the system is unjust and the laws are unjust, then sometimes you have to not honor those laws and those systems if they are literally built to harm you. How can we not imagine something better than what's, what's happening right now? I don't think it's hard. We have a very low bar. So, um, so there's people that have been doing this work for, for years and years, Mary Hooks and, and Patrice Cullors and um, Angela Davis and so many of us and, that have been writing um, about abolition, the world that we want to see. You, we've seen videos of them securing, apprehending the most dangerous white men in history mm-hmm. without a scratch to them, yeah. right? After they gunned down Black uh, worshipers, right? Bought them a burger, right? If you're going in with guns blazing, you have an intention of something else. You're like, who cares about the life? The person is supposed to be proven innocent or guilty. Your job is to apprehend, right? Either you ain't got the patience or you don't care about the life or both. So in those situations, we need, or, and, and you know, you're 16 times more likely to die if you are experiencing a mental health episode. We need rehabilitation centers. We need uh, drug rehabilitation centers. We need more mental health care centers. We need to have specific systems that deal with these problems, not a one-size-fits-all solution, criminalize everybody, throw them in jail. Like, our jails are our biggest mental health institution, which really needs to change. I think we need to stop thinking in terms of the parameters of these systems that were literally built to harm us and think outside of that for our solutions because we're not going to get justice in those systems because those systems were not built for us to get justice. They were built to prevent us from getting justice, literally. Yeah. My lately, um, this past fall, when the 1619 Project came out um, through the New York Times, that was just so mind-blowing for me that even the way we work, the way we work to be to get um, the initiative that we work was built off slavery and how many bales of cotton that you would bring. And these things are still in place, you know, 400 years later. Like that was just mind blowing for me. And when, you know, when you, you talk about the prison systems and what it is, it's, 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 an, it's an extension of slavery. 100%. That's all it is. It's just an extension of slavery. It was um, literally, they said we were not considered citizens or even human. And the biggest advancement in the past 400 years has been them considering us human. And then 50 years ago or so, whenever uh, I'm terrible at math, 1960, to 1964, I believe, uh, finally saying that we're actually citizens and we can vote. And that, that is the way that the system was built. 
And then they had an an amendment in there uh, that said, you can't, I mean, 13th, right? That That we can't allow slavery except for, you know, in prison or if you, you know, uh, jail or prison. So that is the way that they literally continued um, slavery. And then police were born out of slave catchers. And you see that that's exactly what they are doing. Like they are, they, they're not going to apprehend subjects. They are going to say, you you messed up and now you must pay. And they're not pub- they're not making us safer. What makes us safer is education. Mm-hmm jobs, mm-hmm. healthcare, and housing. Same. That's what makes us safe. Otherwise, and I talk about this a lot, Fortune 500 CEOs would be living in the hood because if, <laughs> if police kept us safe, that's where they would be living because ain't no shortage of police in the hood. Mm-hmm. You go to wealthy areas, I ain't seen no police. Mm-hmm. Where the police at? Mm-hmm. But they on every corner in the hood. Um, they don't keep us safe. And the system is literally, I'm gonna keep saying it, built to harm us, and that's what it's doing. It's it's not broken. It hasn't ever been broken. It's doing exactly what it was supposed to do. And speaking of that harm, like I'm glad you bring up mental health. You know, May is mental health awareness. Um, we've been having some really, really important conversations at Essence about all the the triggers, the racial triggers right now. It's bad enough that this is our reality pre, you know, before the pandemic. Yeah. Now, on top of being afraid of COVID, coronavirus, our loved ones, you know, um, passing away, getting sick, we're that's just on top of what we're already going through. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to talk to each other. We need to talk about it. You've been talking about your own mental health journey. So what is your PSA to Black people, you know, who are aware of all these things that you are saying and now like, okay, now this too? Yeah, it's going to continue uh and and we really need to develop some strategies as i was telling y'all before we started this you know build power my nonprofit initiative has started a book club and really the book club is about building community around radical solutions and radical and and celebrating our radical leaders that are liberators that are fighting for us um and authors and and learning together about and expanding our imagination about these different solutions so that we can take part in them we're also doing some things for Mental Health Awareness Month. And one of them, we're amplifying Dr. Camila Rashad, who she just released a survey. She's an expert in mental health, but she released a survey to talk about how COVID-19 is affecting us. And, and part of that is mentally. Um, and I think that that's really important so that we can have some statistics around this because there are um, strategies, coping strategies, I think the simplest thing, if, if, if I can leave anything with people, is, is right now is more important than ever, not just because of COVID-19, but uh, because of our spiritual and our mental health, um, to take care of ourselves and organize. So that's the two-pronged strategy. I know a lot of us, well-intentioned, are talking about what we can do, what we can do ourselves. While I think that that's really important and take responsibility for our personal health, how we can eat well, drink properly, water and such, and, you know, use the restroom regularly and and have a spiritual practice if you can, if not meditation or 
or whatever you believe. Breathing exercise, mindfulness exercises, speak, talking to each other about what we're experiencing, actually working to express ourselves better and better. Getting outside, maybe letting the sun hit us. We have an extra need for for sun because of our melanin. Oh, yeah. um, as beautiful as it is, we need to take care of it. The sun is a part of that. That is all those things. Getting vitamin D and everything is important, but um, and and washing your hands and social distancing and all that. That is very important, and we've been talking about that a lot. But also, there are a lot of people without access to good food. There are a lot of people without access to nutrition. There are a lot of people that can't go outside or are scared to go outside because police are brutalizing us. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are, are environmental racism is real. They are confined to very poor air quality areas. They have high rates of infertility and asthma and such Rihanna Gunn-Wright, who is one of the architects, co-architects of the Green New Deal, Black woman, she realized in putting that together that her asthma was caused by the area she was in. As soon as she moved out, she was fine. You know, so there are injustices that are outside of our control. And while we're taking care of ourselves, we have to organize. We have to organize. You know, you could look at Texas organizing project that's organizing for paid sick leave. We can't be afraid to go after these types of solutions and even more uh, solutions and more radical solutions to protect ourselves and our communities and to to organize for true justice. We're not going to receive it inside the system. So we have to organize and and work to take care of ourselves. We need to demand better health care in our communities. We don't have any health care in our communities. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of cops in our schools, but there are no counselors. Some don't have nurses. That's the things that we need to start demanding. We're going to have unprecedented anxiety and such. We were already in a mental health crisis before this. We had generational trauma. We have PTSD. There's no way to be born in this country as a black person, um, as a person of color, but especially as a black person with all the images that we see every day in the history and the things that we experience without having poor mental health as a basis. Yeah. It's then real. everything's layered on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be more vigilant and in, uh, in, in taking care of our mental health and being telling ourselves it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. And you have to be kind to yourselves and have empathy with each other and really listen through what people are saying. And we equate vulnerability with weakness, which it's not. You know, um, and so we have a lot of breaking down to do. Mm. We have a lot of empathy that we need to have with each other. But who we don't need to have empathy with, who we do not need to have empathy with. I don't know how much I can express this because we've been bred to forgive. And we think that forgiveness looks a certain way because everybody is God's children. But we don't always have to be nice about uh we don't ever have to be nice about ending oppression. We don't ever have to be polite about it. That is not what we're here to do. Yeah. We, if, we're, if we continue to forgive in the way that we've been taught to forgive by our oppressors, then we're going to continue to be oppressed. We can forgive and hold accountable. We can forgive and dismantle. We can forgive and end anti-Blackness. We can Mm. Um, and we have to. We we owe it to our children. We're not being kind to our children. We're not being kind to ourselves 
if we do not organize to end oppression? Why are we waiting until the November, the November elections to remove Donald Trump? This is just, I'm gonna leave it at this and we could get we could get on. But why are we waiting until the November election to remove Donald Trump from office? We know he's bad, we know he's exacerbated and encouraged white supremacy. We know he's a white supremacist. You know, we've known he's done so many wrong things. We can start with the day. It's been 365 days a year for four years, okay? Every day is multiple things. We have endless things to count up on. Why are we waiting for the system that we weren't even included in until 50, 60 years ago? Why are we waiting for that system to get to solve the problem that we have, the crisis that we have? He like he's a threat to national security. Yet we over here waiting to be polite and follow procedure and say, how do we vote this man out? No. How do we get him out? How do we remove his ass? Okay, that's what we need to be organizing. I'm working on a lot of strategies. We see you working. Thank you for that last word. Thank you for that last word. Thank you for the to end it on such a powerful note. Yes. Yes. And. We got to have you back for part two because it's of course, of course, and of tell course. Tell us really quickly where we can see where we can find out more about Bill Power. BLDPWR, BLDPWR.com, and on Instagram, our handle. I always want to say screen name because I was born in the eighties, but uh, <laughs> but uh, our our handle, social media handle, BLDPWR as well. Bill Power. Thank you so much. I can't so wait for the fifteenth. We're going to have to wait and see if you're back on Insecure since you're not giving us no keys. But you have educated us today. Thank you so much. You gave us a lot to think on, stuff we're already thinking about. Thank you so much, Kendrick. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. Always a good time. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Rafael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.